and I'm in the dark. <laughs> Let there be light. Yes. Uh, how's everybody feeling? Everybody feeling okay? I'm feeling great. You feeling great? Why, thank you. Uh, that's the kind of heckling that I love. Hey, God is good. God is good. God is good. We, we've been talking about the parables of Jesus, and um, man, had a lot of had a lot of fun with this series. Matter of fact, we're having so much fun with this series. I think we're going to continue it uh, for a couple of more weeks. Uh, for those of you that that haven't been here, we've been kind of walking through. Pastor Trent and I have been taking turns walking through various parables of Jesus and and. Um, applying them in a contemporary fashion to our lives. Uh, one thing that I've said uh, from the beginning uh, of my uh, sermons in this series is that I think it's important for us to, to understand the parables from their original context. That when Jesus spoke these parables, he was speaking to a particular audience uh, in a particular culture at a particular time. And so there was a direct message to those people that... Um, that was being given uh, by Jesus to the hearers of that day. And I know a lot of times people want to take parables and sort of turn them into church age allegory and, and, and they kind of do violence to the original message if you do that because the original audience would have never read in um, uh, any type of, of church age idea concerning the parables. Uh, they, they would you know, be in their own context. Now, that doesn't mean the parables don't apply to us. Certainly, there is truth in the parables. And you take that truth, and then you can, you can apply that truth in a, in a contemporary setting or in, or in our lives. And some of the parables, uh, Jesus made it extremely easy. And, and uh, you're going to discover again today that I've sort of, um, I've, I've sort of copped out on, on trying to figure out a parable that wasn't explained. Matter of fact... Today we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower, and this is one of those parables where Jesus turned right around to the disciples and he literally explained every aspect of the parable to the disciples and then to us, obviously. So let's first read the parable. Matthew 13, uh, beginning with verse 3, says, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was Scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And Jesus ends and said, whoever has ears, let him hear. This parable, the parable of the sower, specifically references four types of soil. If you don't mind me calling all of these things soil, four types of soil that the seed from a farmer could fall upon. On the path, the seed never has a chance to take root. The birds come and they, they eat the seed before the seed ever has a chance to take root because it's a hard surface. It's a path. It's a hard surface. 
In the rocky place, the seed springs up, but, but Jesus says here in the parable that it springs up but doesn't really have a chance to take root because the soil is so shallow in that rocky place. So that when the sun came out, it just burnt the plant away. And then among the thorns, the seed takes root. The seed takes root. Matter of fact, it, the, the plant even springs up. But because it is sown among thorns, the thorns begin to choke the plant before the plant really has the opportunity to produce any fruit at all. The, the thorns and the weeds uh, begin to just choke that plant out until, until it dies in that thorny place. But then the fourth soil, the good soil. Now, that's, that's the soul that we really want in our life, the, the good soul. The, the seed not only takes root and springs up, but because it is in good soil, it produces fruit in, in the life of that individual, in the life of that plant. So, I mean, the great thing about this parable, and I've already said this, is Jesus did not leave the disciples or us wondering what these four soils mean. So today I want to go through the four, four soils with uh, with Jesus' own words and examine what it really could mean in our life. Look first at Matthew 13 and verse 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. I mean, to me, I think we could examine the fact that this is perhaps the worst type of soil, although there are two other soils that are negative and ultimately don't produce fruit. This particular seed lands in a place where people hear the message of the kingdom of God, and in their heart, it never has a chance to take any type of hold, and they immediately reject it in their life. In the original context, you can certainly see that those who rejected Christ as the Messiah would fall among this crowd. That, that literally they were hearing and seeing the very kingdom of God operate in their life. That Jesus was performing all of these miracles. He was fulfilling all of these prophetic promises concerning himself. And yet there was this group in society that, that were so bent on not receiving him as Messiah, that they, that they fully and completely rejected him before they even had the chance to receive the message that he was preaching. And we can see that in, in, in life as, as it continues past the Gospels and continues into the church age. We can see that, that, that life has always had people who are path soil people. That people who just, no matter how much they see, no matter how much they experience, no matter how much God reaches for them, they just, they just automatically reject anything about Him. They automatically reject everything about Him. And they're never open. They're never open in their life to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the work of God. I think that, 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 that's a, that, that really is a, a travesty in their lives. And certainly I think that's something that you and I have to pray for. There are people in my life that I know that, that are just full rejectors 
of the church, full rejectors of the kingdom of God. And, and I, I've prayed for some of them for years that God would soften their heart. That God would soften their heart. But can I say this today that, that I know that the obvious contemporary application applies to those who hear the gospel and reject this message. But I, I want us to also realize that the message of the kingdom applies to the promises, to the provision, and to the power of God working in our lives. Even as Christians, even as confessors of faith. It is possible that we have areas in our lives where the seed of God's word falls on the path and we reject it. That we reject it through doubt or we reject it through fear or, 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 or you know, I kind of walk a thin line right here, self-assurance. That the message of God's word, that his sovereign message and his sovereign help in our lives that, that, that even today in this house, that there are promises from God's word that are being spoken over our lives. And the question that we have is, where is that word falling in our, in our heart? Where is that word falling? Is it, is it falling on good soil today? Or, 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 or through doubt or through unbelief or through fear? Or are you rejecting that promise that, that God is screaming your direction? That this is how I fight my battles that, that, that this is the word of God that I am no longer a slave to fear. That this is the word of God working in our life, telling us that, that I'm here and I'm with you and I'm walking with you and I want to provide for you and I want to help you. But for whatever reason, we let that seed fall on a path in our life. Matter of fact, I want to make a bold statement. I think this is important. Even the hardened paths, even the hardened paths can be turned into good soil. You say, Pastor, how is that possible? Well, Hosea 10, 12 says it like this. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness upon you. Do, do you hear the Lord speaking to us? They say, take those areas in your life that are hardened. Take those areas in your life that the seed isn't able to even produce anything. And break up that unplowed ground. That, that however you view that or whatever you need to do in your life, by seeking the Lord... By seeking the Lord that we can break up that unplowed ground in our life so that it can become good soil. I've often said this, I think it's so true. Four primary areas of us seeking the Lord is we seek the Lord through prayer. We seek the Lord through prayer. I mean, how many times in our life do we have circumstances that, that, that we don't even take to the Lord in prayer? That we, we, don't even, we don't even give prayer an opportunity to work because we're not praying over that circumstance. I, I've had people come to me and, and say, you know, Pastor, this, this, this is going on. I, I really need some direction. And, and I've looked at them and said, have you even prayed about it? Well, no, that's what you do. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. But, there, but there, should be, there should be prayer in your life. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times people, they say, well, I don't know how to pray. And they think that, they, you think you have to pray some 
like you have to pray in Latin or something. You know what I'm saying? They don't like to Gregorian chant or something. You know, I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, you can try it. Google it. You know what I'm saying? But the reality of prayer is that it's just you talking to God. You know? It's just you talking to God. And it, there's, no, there's no exact science or, or no right or wrong way. I mean, it's just you talking to God. I mean, a lot of times I just, I'll pray and, man, I just pray like I talk. I'll say, good Lord, have mercy. You know, I need you. I'm over here. Simple. God, look at my circumstance. Look at this. If you don't do something, nothing good's going to come from this. And you just, you just talk to God in your own way of talking and just express to Him, here is my need and here is my God. A lot of times you just, God, you're great. You're amazing. You're awesome. You're good. And it's just simple. It's just simple. I think sometimes we make things so hard. We make things so hard. Another way we seek the Lord in our life to break up that unplowed ground. Another way we seek the Lord in our life is through the Word of God. I mean, do you know and understand that within the written Scripture there are promises for you? That God's Word is filled with promises that, that, that His Word is declaring His goodness and His, and His power and His, and His glory over your life over your circumstances. I think here's another area where people, you know, they kind of cop out and say, you know, well, I, you know, I don't read the Bible because I can't understand it. You know, I mean, it may go against some tradition. It certainly doesn't go against mine. Find a translation that you can understand. You know, I mean, I primarily, uh, by my devotional Bible reading is with the NIV translation because it's just easier to, un- to understand than the these and the thous and the those and the, of the King James, right? And so you, you, just, you just find a translation and, and let that word speak into your life. Don't be afraid to dust your Bible off. Don't be afraid to take that word out. And read it in your life. And let the Word of God speak to you. Let the Word of God speak to you. And say, so, Pastor, where do I start? Well, not in Revelation. It's highly recommended you don't start in the book of Revelations. All right? Maybe the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John because it is so full of believe. It just, just almost every page, something's being said about believe. It's just so full of faith. I love that. So read it. Read it. Another thing you can do is a word study. And listen, we have no excuse in this day and hour to not do a word study. You can go online and, and do an extensive word study for free. There are all kind of free 
websites to go and do a word study. And so if you're going through a struggle, then do a word study that pertains to the struggle that you're going through in your life. Like if you're, if you're filled with fear, then, then, then do a word study on how many times the word of God declares for us to not fear. Read those verses in your life and let those verses speak to your heart. Let it fall on good soil. Break up that unplowed ground in your heart and, and let the word of God take root, take seed, that seed take root in your life. Another way that we break up the unplowed ground is through worship. Through worship. I mean, that's why we start services with worship because it helps people break up unplowed ground. Aren't you thankful for a tremendous worship set today? I mean, aren't you just thankful that you can, you know, just break up unplowed ground in your life? But man, once again, there are all kinds of worship resources. You know, there are times in my life that I have to turn it off East Street Radio and Bruce Springsteen, right? You just need to listen to worship. And let that worship speak into your life. Another way we break up unplowed ground in our life is is through fellowship. And and maybe I should qualify this by saying faith-filled fellowship. I mean, sometimes we have a tendency to just hang out uh, with people that commiserate with us in our misery, right? <laughs> like, like we are co-miserable. You know what I'm saying? Like we're co-miserable. Sometimes you need, to, you need to be with someone that can challenge your doubt and challenge your fear and challenge that worry and look at you eyeball to eyeball and say, stop thinking like that. God is still on the throne. The next level of soil is found in Matthew 13, 20. Check this out. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. It applies directly to those who receive the message of the kingdom with joy but fail to keep the faith through the hardships and troubles of their life. Matter of fact, I should should probably just go ahead and say when persecution comes, it's easy to throw in the towel and quit. So the message for many people in the room today is simply don't quit. I mean, the reality of, of our life is, is that is that, is that we don't quit. Galatians 6, 9 says it like this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The reverberating theme through Scripture is hang in there and keep the faith. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, hang in there and keep the faith. Don't. Quit. Third type of soil 
found in Matthew 13, 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. See, if we're not careful, life can get in the way of the kingdom of God working on our behalf. We can get in the way of the kingdom of God working on our behalf. Some of the most prominent thorns that Jesus spoke about over and over and over again in his, in his ministry that choke out God's work is worry and greed. That the promises of God are choked out by a constant foreboding sense of worry. The promises of God are choked out by a constant self-assurance, do it myself, don't need God, don't need anything else. And I just, I just want to take everything I can take in my life. Jesus answered this self-sufficiency in that Matthew 6.31 when he said, Don't worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And here Jesus is tying what he is saying right back to Hosea. The righteousness of God working in our lives as we seek the Lord. As we seek Him. Seek God's kingdom first. Jesus is literally saying, seek God's kingdom first and all of these other things will fall into place in your life. Finally, Jesus explains the good soil in Matthew 13, 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. This is what we all need to strive to be in our life is good soil. Matter of fact, when I, when I, read, when I read about these soils, I... And, and I'm not a farmer. You know, I, I'm a city slicker. But I mean, there's farmers around. I know enough about farming. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't grow anything that, that will sustain life for some reason. I, I, I either water it too much or I don't water it enough or I do a combination of both and the little thing just freaks out. But I, I, I just, I mean, I kill plants. I just do. I mean, my, even, in, even in my yard, I mean, it's like, I don't know why I have flower beds because there are no living flowers. Have never, I haven't had living flowers in them in 17 years. It's, they're, they're, they're not flower beds, they're mulch beds. Mulch beds. This, I, I grow mulch. This is what I do. I I, I tend to mulch. I tend to mulch. I water mulch. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Someone was gracious enough to plant some hardy stuff that you just can't kill, right? And, 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 and I've done a pretty good job sustaining the hardy stuff that you just can't kill, but no flowers. But I do know enough about farming to know this. It is possible 
to turn a path into a garden. And it is possible to turn a rocky place into a garden. And it is possible to turn a thorny place into a garden. See, the reality of that is, is that, yeah, it takes a little more work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you gotta, you got to go to that path, that hard, beaten down, hard path, and you gotta, you got to till that soil up. you got to turn that soil. you got to be willing to fertilize that soil. you gotta, you, you got to work. you got to work to make that path good soil. And with a rocky place, what do you do? You, you, well, the first thing you would do is go in and start removing rocks. That's hard work. I hate that kind of work. Got to start removing rocks. And then once again, you find yourself with very shallow soil. And so what do you do? You have to start turning that soil. You have to start, you have to start making something out of it. Same way with the thorny place. I, you got to go in there and weed that thing out. I mean, it's got enough soil there to, to grow thorns. It's got enough soil there to grow to grow weeds. But you got to be willing to go in there and start pulling that stuff out. Start pulling that stuff out in order to make that place good soil. I know there's some areas where I like to just automatically good soil. Just automatically good soil. But how many areas of our lives aren't automatically good soil? How many areas of our life do we need to take this and recognize that, no, there's a path right there that I need to turn into good soil. Or there's a rocky place right there in my life that I need to turn into good soil. Or there's, there's a, a thorny place right there in my life that I need to turn into good soil. Maybe that thorny place in my life is, 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 is my temper. Or maybe, maybe that, that rocky place in my life is a place of self-assurance and unbelief. And I need, to, I, need to take, I need to take this examination of my life and take this examination of my heart and say, God, where are the areas where the seed falls into an unproductive place in my life? Where, where are the places? I, I may not even know them all. You may not even know them all. It might, it might need to be just a, a direct revelation of your willingness to say, here I am, God. Here I am. And I recognize today that there are areas of my life that I am not honoring you with the soil. That I'm not honoring you. The, the seed, your word is just falling on those places and just no, no productivity whatsoever in those areas of my life. No, no productivity. Because I just, I let, thing, I let worries choke it out or I that self-assurance, I've become hard. I've become hard in that area. I'm not willing to love. I'm not willing to open myself up. And I just, I just need you to speak into those areas of my life. Speak into those areas of my life. And, and help me, help me, help me to, to plow up that unplowed ground. Help me. There are key principles of bearing good fruit from good soil. And the first principle here is you've got to receive the word by faith. The second one is to seek God through prayer, the word, worship, and fellowship. And finally, don't give up. Whatever you do, 
don't quit because God will help you. Would you stand with me this morning? By your word, by your presence, God. By your word and by your presence. We stand here today an humbled people. We stand in this moment asking you to examine our hearts, examine our lives, help us to examine. Father, I pray for every person the sound of my voice right now that they would that they would have an open and willing heart to receive this word today and that they would that they would be open to breaking up plowing up those those hardened places those rocky places those thorny places lord that they would that 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 every one of us would just be willing that we would just be willing that somehow in some way that we would just invite you into our hearts and lives to help us break up this unplowed ground. Father, in this house today, I just speak a word of anointing and power over every person. And even those in this room right now that, that, that need to take a, a, a fresh look and have a fresh start in their walk with you, that, that they would be willing today to say, here I am, God. I open my heart. I open my life. I'm willing today. Father, I just declare in Jesus' name your blessing over every life and every heart. In Jesus' name. If you would keep your heads bowed for a second. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I just heard what you prayed about that fresh start thing, and I would like to to have a fresh start with my walk with God today. Would you just slip a hand up? I'm not going to make you come forward or or call you out. Just going to let you acknowledge that. You could put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you. Church, there were there were multiple hands in the room. And, and I want to I help. If you raised your hand, I want to help you today. We're going to say a simple prayer that, uh, that we're all going to repeat together. And, and we're just going to believe, God, that that prayer is going to kickstart something in your life. That, uh, that, that'll just be amazing. And so everybody, would you just pray to me? Say, Father, I thank you right now for this opportunity that I have for a fresh start. I commit my life. I commit my heart to the Lordship of Jesus Christ knowing that God raised him from the dead. And I am thankful today that I have this opportunity to pray and to believe that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Thank you today for this fresh start. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord because He is worthy. Thank you so much. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, there is a place on your connection card to check a box.